Hey Church, Pastor Eric here, and I'm just so glad that you're joining us on our podcast today. I just pray that this message will stir up your faith, build you up, and just move you closer to the Father's heart. If you want to learn more about us as a church or would like to get further connected, you can visit us at our website at oasischurchchicago.com, download our app, Oasis Church Chicago, and also join us on YouTube for our live streams on Sundays and Wednesdays. We hope you find this message to be encouraging and life-giving. Now here's today's message from Pastor JP. Well, amen, church. Amen. That is just a a peek of what happens at our O groups, as you've heard um, Nick and Ruben share, and throughout the month we've been sharing about the power of our O groups and why we believe in them. Um, That is why. That was um, planned. Obviously, we had cameras and stuff in there, but we told that O group that meets to just gather together and have a time of fellowship and communion, and the presence of God fell. And um, my wife cries every time she's crying right now. I'm going to cry because the older I get, um, I get more emotional. Praise the Lord. And um, we just cry because that's the body. Like, that's what the body of Christ should do. They should be consumed with the presence of God, consumed with showing up with one another, linking arms, coming together, opening up the word, praying for one another, carrying each other's burdens, rejoicing with those that are rejoicing, and taking the bread and the juice and taking it in remembrance of what Jesus has done and showing our loyalty to this world that we are loyal to King Jesus. And so, man, I want to encourage you guys um, o groups are now are no longer just a ministry of this house. They are the house. Uh, the temple and the table matter to us. And you guys, if this is your first time, college students being back in Chicago, um, we want to say first and foremost, welcome back. Happy Thanksgiving, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year uh, to all the holidays that we missed together. Um, but I hope your time at home was blessed. But man. If you're back or if this is your first time being here, we're in Vision Month, and the Lord, over the course of uh, quarantine and the last year, he spoke to my heart and Rach's heart and, and our team and just showed to us three years into this thing as a church, planting a church, starting a church in, in the city called Chicago. Um, he showed us all the things that we've done well, and then he revealed to us the things that we haven't. I don't know if about you, but um, that's not always easy, um, but I'm grateful for the mercy of God. Right? Aren't you grateful that God doesn't leave us where, we, where we're at or where we want to be, but he takes us and carries us from grace to grace, from glory to glory? And he, his word stands true that the gates of hell will not stand against his church and that his church is going to continue to rise up and be formed and shaped by his presence and by his word. And so we restructured, we gutted the house. We, we took a lot of things that were there here at Oasis, and we said, we're getting rid of those things, getting rid of those mindsets, those, those ideas, um, those things, and we're going to come to this place where we want to just be about God and about his presence in the temple and at the table together. We want to see wholeness in people's lives. I'm not satisfied any longer with just having a hoorah Sunday morning service. How many of you just love to worship? I'm thankful that we get to sing and worship Jesus, anointed time of his presence, but I'm not, th- I'm not satisfied, um, and I hope you aren't either, that uh, we just have these moments and these encounter times and we walk out of here and we're the same person as we were in the way in which we came in. I want our people, I want you, God, better yet, not even me, but God desires for his children to be whole. Not perfect. Catch that? 
We won't reach that until we get to eternity with him. But wholeness, not operating the way that we used to, not finding ourselves in the things that we used to find ourselves in, but walking in freedom. Pastor Jordan led that song, Free, Free. I won't sing it just to save your eardrums and any bleeding that might occur. But forever we're free. Come join the song of all of those who've been redeemed. Come and sing the song that I am no longer bound, but I am free, and I'm free indeed. And that happens as we come together. And we say, God, speak to us. We want to encounter you. I hope you didn't come here for me today. I hope you didn't come to get a really good, I just, I got to get to Sunday. I got to get a message. I got I to gotta have pastor tell me how to live. Like we're going to preach the word here. We believe in it. But I hope you came for God and his presence. Because in one moment in his presence, his, his presence can change everything about you. And so we said as a house, we want to we see wholeness. You awake 11 o'clock. Yeah. Amen. We want to see wholeness in people and families and marriages and relationships. I want your friendships to have wholeness. Not just marriages, your friendships. Your, in this group, I know it's a, it's a younger demographic. Your friendships matter. And God actually cares about who you are friends with because friends is much more than, oh, I'm just a friend with them. No, friend means commitment to one another. And you're going to share life with one another. And those people that you allow to come and do life with you and speak into you actually matter. That's a good word, Pastor. Thank you for that. You're welcome. That one's free of charge. No, no extra. We want to see wholeness. I know couples that are about to get married, we want to see wholeness. We want to see you guys, these two. I'm looking at them. I'm embarrassing them right now. They're about to get married shortly. But we're believing for, for God-centered marriages, that their marriages are going to be a light and an example to all the other people around them. And it happens when we say Sundays are cool. We are, we're, we're a cool church. Maybe some people might not say, other people say like, you guys are super cool. And we used to take that as like a compliment. I was like, thanks, I'm, I'm cool. I'm about to be 34 tomorrow. I think I'm cool at 34 still to this day. Somewhat, that's a plug, selfishly. No worries on any gifts you guys didn't give me. I'll forgive you all. It's my love language, but no one got that in their head. Anyways, I'm not satisfied with cool. I want to be satisfied by being changed. And it happens. And so we said, hey, we're going to rewrite a vision statement. Why do we write a vision statement? To keep us going, to keep us on mission. And so we gutted our old one and we rewrote one. And I want to just read it real quick. Ruben said it, but I think, guys, we have it on the screen in the back. Do we have it? Vision, mission? No? Sean, I'm looking to you. I'm embarrassing you. No? No. They're giving me this. This, this is the universal sign of no. We don't have it, Pastor. Well, let me read it. We are a community formed and shaped by the truth of Jesus. Jesus. Jesus is enough for us. He's all we need. We're not going to be formed and shaped by some new theology, by some new way of thinking, by, by 2020's voices. No, we're formed and shaped by Jesus and his truth of who he is and his presence in and among us. We are, as we practice the way of Jesus together, we are called to be a wellspring of light amidst the desert of the city, an oasis to be connected and to connect others to the life-giving waters of God's holy presence. If you've been with us the past couple of weeks, we've read this and we're gonna to continue to read this because we want us to get this. This is how we at Oasis Church Chicago, if you call this place home, if you said yes to saying, I'm gonna lay roots in this house, this is what we're going after. 
And we said we need something to hold that up. We need pillars, or some people might call them core values that we live by. Our core values, we had eight or nine of them. They were awesome. They sounded really good. We believed them. I wrote them. I still trust them. But like God said, no, no, get rid of all those fancy lingos, that good alliteration, that thing that sounds really good, and just base the church off of God's word, God's presence, God's family, God's city. And those four pillars have become what holds us up in this house that help us walk this mission and vision in, in, out each and every day. And so go ahead, open up your Bible. Who brought your Bible? I see some Bibles and some journals. You guys are awesome. You get extra points in heaven. Praise God. Get your Bibles out. Acts chapter two, open up to verse 42 through 47. This has been the foundational shaping um, scripture, scripture verses that have formed this in our house. And I wanna read it. And then we're gonna talk about the pillar today. Acts 2, 42 through 47, it says this. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all. Isn't that crazy? They were selling their possessions and belongings and then distributing it to all as any had need. They were meeting the needs of all people. That's who the body of Christ should be. And day by day, attending the temple. Catch that day by day. They went to church. Some of you, it's hard to wake up at 11 o'clock on a Sunday. <laughs> Anyways, bad joke, rough crowd. They went day by day to the temple. They woke up every single day and went to church. I mean, church kids, PK kids, I felt like I was at church every other day. And I was like, what is happening here? It was the plan of all along. I'm kidding. Anyway, uh, day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. This scripture verse is what we said as a church body is formed and shaped that mission statement and those pillars that this is the installment of the New Testament church. Right here in Acts 2, Jesus has come. He has done miracles, signs, and wonders. He has preached the kingdom. He has said the kingdom of God is here now. And he went to the cross. He went to the grave. He, he came to life, and then he ascended back up, and he's seated at his Father's right hand. Anybody thankful that our God is alive and Jesus is sitting next to him on the throne of victory? Our whole being is found in Jesus. And so now the church, people, disciples, the ones that followed him, are now going... Well, how do we live? The Holy Spirit comes and fills them with power and strength and wisdom. Come on, isn't that just a beautiful picture in Acts in the beginning of one and two? Like they get filled and powered by the Spirit and now they understand and they write out how the church, how we should live and operate. It sounds radical, but it's actually original. It sounds crazy that we should be people that actually devote ourselves to the word of God, that we should desire to be in the presence, that we should see miracles, signs, and wonders unfolding each and every time we get around and get together. Yeah. Hey, welcome to church. If you're here in this church, we're not some crazy charismatics. We just believe the word of God, that the word of God is yesterday the same, yesterday, today, and forever, and he, steals, he, he, he heals people today. Yeah. He does wonders today. He actually um, raises dead people to life. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> he actually gives sight to the blind. He actually makes the lame walk. He actually heals those that are completely broken. He heals trauma in one word spoken. He sets people free from bondage that has gripped them. He breaks off generational curses that have been on your life for far too long. He actually tells you that you can dance and you can, you can just shout with joy and you can walk in triumph and victory because the Holy Spirit has given it to you. And so, man, this is for us today. This is the example today. 
So we get God's word. We get the story of God. And last week we talked about the presence, which brings in, and it's an all combination of like God's, God's spirit, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of the Lord, like his presence, the manifestation of God to us brings the story alive. I'm here to say that because you can pick this book up off your coffee table. You can dust it off if you haven't read it in a while. And you can open it up and read some of this stuff and you can go, I don't like that. Anybody ever been there? My hand's up. I'm like, I'm not. No, I don't, I don't like that part. But the presence of God, it speaks, it cuts, it pierces my heart. It actually says, no, this is gonna make you better. This is gonna make you stronger. This is gonna make you more like Jesus. And so the presence animates the story. And then we that have said yes to him, we now find our place in his story as God's family, the best family. Last year, you guys heard us, if you were with us, that was the word for the vision month. Or I shouldn't say month, it was a day. This whole idea of 2020 being family, I think God helped us and showed us and, and, and revealed a lot of stuff what it meant to be family. But over the course of these nine months, I actually, and I'm thankful to God, I have a deeper understanding of what it means to be the people of God, his family. And today we want to talk about that. What is our role in his story? What does it mean to be God's, in God's family? God cares. Let me say this at the forefront. We need to hear this. God cares deeply about his family. And we as a church care deeply about being his family. So we want to understand what is talked about. What, is, what does he mean by family? How does this unfold? How do you get this, Pastor, from Acts 2? Well, we're going to go to Jesus throughout this time because that's the best place to go, right? Jesus. We're going to go to the Word and just reveal all throughout Scripture it talks about family and how the family should work, how it shouldn't work. And we're going to do that today. But if we're going to grasp the understanding of Jesus sharing these words Jesus talking about, we need to understand something this morning. That Jesus is not just talking from a place that he doesn't know. He's talking from the position of being God's son. That's crucial. Jesus is not some good life coach. We think that sometimes. Jesus is not some genie in a bottle. That if you just say the right prayers, you get his attention, he's going to move on your path. No, Jesus is the son of God. And he, and he shows and he reveals how the family of God works because he's in a position of being a part of his father's family as the son. And so Jesus teaches about the way that the family works, being a part of it. He shows us the father's heart. He, he teaches from the identity of being the son of God. Aren't you thankful that we have our example in Jesus? That's why you're not following me. You're following me as I follow Jesus. And like the Christian said, you're not following Paul. You're following me as I follow Jesus. We got to get our attention back to Jesus. Let me just say this. I'm going to say it anyways. I got the mic. Bless you all. I think in over the past couple years, even this last year, we have turned. Satan has allowed for us to turn our attention off of Jesus and turn it to the world instead of going, no, Jesus, you are the solution to every problem. Jesus, you can mend the brokenhearted. Jesus, in one word, you can set the captives free. Jesus, in one moment, you can end uh, uh, violence. You can end hate. You can change the hardest of hearts. Am I preaching to a room this morning that believes that Jesus is the answer? Like always, forever, will be. And there's this creeping in of, no, there's more, there's more, there's more. I'm not saying don't get educated, don't learn, don't grow. That's not what I'm saying. But if you're dismissing Jesus first, we'll get this whole idea of what it means to be as part of his family out of order. 
And so Jesus comes and he shows us how God's kingdom operates differently than the kingdoms of the world. How we, those that have said yes to Jesus, we are called to operate different in his kingdom than in the kingdom of this world. Church, that's not some cliched thing to say. That's the truth of us and for us today. That as people found in the story of God, as his children, we are called to live in his kingdom, different than the ways that the kingdom of the world operates. So Jesus gives us this story and he shows with us, he shows to us how this whole thing was set up from the beginning. And so if you go all the way back to the beginning of scripture, as we've done almost every week here, we see right at the beginning in Genesis chapter one and two, that we first and foremost were created for family. It's a good statement, right? I just took last week's first point that said we were created for God's presence, copied it, pasted it, <laughs> took some words out, added it. I think it worked, Nick, well done. Like, like that's what happened. But that's the truth, right? This is not some uh, moment for me to have some good alliteration like we were created. I can't even do it in my head, like the seed of the sea. And then you guys know what I'm talking about. How, anyways, <laughs> tangent over. Not a funny, not a funny thing. From the very beginning, God's whole design for this whole thing was family. If you read in Genesis 1, when God begins to create the earth and everything in it, he begins to, to, to the scriptures read off these statements that God created light from darkness, and he says that it was, you know, good? God created the land and the waters, and it was? God created the vegetation and spring forth from the ground, and it was? He created the sun and the moon and the stars, the beasts of the field. He, he created everything, and it was? And then you get to this part in Genesis chapter 2, where God creates man, and he says something different. He said that it was not good for man to be alone. Notice all the things that he said were really, it's just all good stuff, but, but there, this Adam being by himself, this is not my heart. This is not my plan. This is not my intention. This is not the fulfillment of good. And he creates Eve. And in that moment, I believe God's heart just exploded to show us in that moment the power of being together with one another and with him. Come on, that's the beginning of God's whole heart to show that we were created to be with one another and to be with him. Oftentimes we, we see the garden, we're like, well, that was just the place where they were intimate with God. Yes, but we can't miss that they were also intimate with one another. They were walking around naked with one another. Thanks, babe. Like, that's the rawness. What that shows, it's a picture. Not, oh, naked. Oh, gosh, I can't believe you said that. No, it shows the rawness of how intimately close they were to the Father and to each other. There was no sin. There was no broken vision. There was no unclear stuff. It was clear. It was, it was pure. In the beginning, God created us to be with him and to be in family with one another. And to put it clearly, we were created for the intimate embrace of family. I want to speak that over you. Some of you guys, you can't hear this. This is hard to hear because you come from a really tough family situation. Let me just speak this over you, that God in his kingdom, he has created you and brought you to this earth and he is calling you to be a part of his perfect family. 
So even though our families here on earth might be hard and might be a little bit difficult or, or messed up, we can attach and come in and come under a family that is perfect, that is intimate, that is filled with peace, love, joy, and grace. We were created to be in an earthly family that is centered in and oriented towards the worship of God. We were created to know one another and to be known. Catch that? We were created to know one another and be known. This idea of individualistic Christianity, it's of the devil. It's, it's not the kingdom. Because from the beginning, the design was for us to do this thing with God and with each other. That's why the church matters. That's why the church is so important. Not the building, not the pipe and drape, not the lights, not my MacBook, none of this. It's the, the, the profound beauty of us coming together, living life together, doing life together. Knowing each other. That's why, well, okay, catch this. That's why the world is so quick to call things community or family. Like how many community things are there? Or, or groups, better yet. Your running group, your yoga group, your cooking group, your football group, your fantasy football group. <laughs> like everything has a group or a family. Like, oh, that's my group, that's my crew, that's my tribe. Because the world understands, whether they want to admit it or not, that they were created to be connected to one another. That's why social media is so powerful, because we feel in this weird sense connected, but it's false connection, because our hearts are crying out to be connected with somebody. And so we've come to the place of dumbing it down to a like. Pastor, why are you always going to come at social media at the 11? Because this is this generation, and I love you. But we're desperate to be in community, desperate to be known, desperate for people to love us. And the world is saying the same thing. Why? Because the moment sin entered the garden, it disrupted the nature and the creation of what God intended from the beginning. From that moment, sin separated. It didn't destroy the plan of God. God does not have a plan B. Hear me. God does not have plan B but he gave him a choice. Anybody thankful that God gives us dignity to have a choice? Like, like, I'm thankful that he's not controlling me. Like, he gives me a choice, a free will. That's a beautiful thing. And so the garden happens, and sin enters the picture. And then we see all throughout Genesis, right? You all know your Old Testament. If you don't, and this is your first time being in church, you're, we're so glad you're here. But let me give you a picture of what happens from, like, that moment until, until New Testament, destruction, pain, murder. Adam and Eve's own son kills the other one, right? It just, from the onset, the, the moment that sin enters in and the family structure, the, the creation of God's intention is, is, is disrupted. All these things start to unfold. The men of Sodom and Gomorrah, you see, you see so much chaos. The, the, the moments before Noah and the flood, you see all this happening. Slavery of the people of Egypt. All these things happening that we would all agree are not good. None of those moments were like, wow, that was, that was, no, they're terrible. And it was because in the moment of sin coming into the picture, and Satan and his scheme saying, hey, do you really believe God at his word? started to disrupt the plan, tried to steal the plan, tried to take the plan of God and say, this will never us. That's why Satan, guys, that's why he speaks words over us to tell us, don't go to that church. 
Don't be a part of that family. Don't be vulnerable. Don't do that. Don't attach yourself to those things. It's better for you to stay over here in this friend group because at least they'll accept you. At least they won't condemn you. That, let me say something. The church has not done the best job of saying we are arms open wide. But just because we say we're arms open wide, we also believe that God will not leave us where we're at. And we believe that the grace of God should change us. And so we say here at this church, we want to be a place where I hope and pray Satan's not telling you, don't show up. They don't know you. They won't care for you. No, no, no. We are going to do our best to fight to care for you. It's not just good enough for us to hug you out in the lobby, but it's even better for us to say, hey, get to your O groups. Get to the time of meeting. Confess what's going on in your life to one another, and you will actually be healed. Be open. So sin disrupts this whole idea of what family should be, and the world's trying to fix it. So this is, listen, that's a hard thing to hear. That's a heavy thing to hear. My heart breaks that the world is looking for community and family and trying to find it in every place. But I want to say something, church. This is, this may be dark right now, but this is fertile ground for us. This is fertile ground for the kingdom. Where the church of God, the bride of Christ, people that actually want wholeness in Jesus will go, man, no, okay, this is going to be hard. This might get a little messy. Guess what? The church should be messy. <laughs> like, it's a hospital for all of us, <laughs> for myself included. I got some messes. You need to hear that this morning. I got some stuff that I come into the presence of God. I come into the community of God, and I go, man, together. Together we're going to see what it means to have wholeness. This is time more than ever for us to show the world. I've preached this thing for three years. Now more than ever, I've resolved in my heart and believe in my heart that we're actually going to show the world what it means to be the family of God. Because we're going to go after his presence. We're going to go after his word. We're not going to dumb it down. We're not going to cancel some of the things that we don't like to read about this thing. We're going to believe it and we're going to trust in it. We're going to lean into it. We're going to press into it. And we're going to see the world go, oh, snap. What's going on over there at the Oasis Church Chicago with all those people? It's not about Oasis getting in. This name could change tomorrow. I could give. I would not care one bit. What I care about is people seeing this family rise up in power. Come on, isn't the church called to be powerful? Amen. And so what happens? Sin enters, but God had a plan of redemption the whole time. Come on, just give a woo to Jesus. God, God, God. No, 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 you guys don't get it. I think, thank you, Jesus. I said in the first service, I'm going to do an Instagram live maybe this week. Maybe not, probably not. I will probably won't. But in my prayer, my prayer time, I'll be on the couch or... I'll be walking downstairs or walking upstairs, usually alone. I don't want to scare Titus. And I'll think of Jesus saving my life, the plan of God from the beginning. And I'll just go. (laughs) Jesus saved my life? I was messed up, broken, lost, forsaken, finding my stuff in any substance, in any woman, in anything, and then he came and he restored and saved my life? Like, what else do I have other than Jesus? I have nothing else except Jesus. It was the plan from the beginning, and it's the plan for us now that because of Jesus, I get the true reality of what it means to be in his family. And so Jesus was the redemption story. You talk a lot about Jesus in this church. Yeah, it's the truth of Jesus. Jesus comes, and he brings the kingdom. He fulfills all the prophets. He comes as a lamb that was slain for all of us. But as he's here on this earth, he teaches and he exposes and he shows some things. 
And one of the things that he does, which is beautiful and important for us to catch, is that Jesus exposes false family. <laughs> what? Yeah, Jesus comes and he's doing the will of his father and he's acting out the kingdom. He's living it out. He's showing it. He's teaching. But he says to the world, Jews and Gentiles, Jews were the people that through Abraham, God spoke that I will create a nation. And through that nation, they will know me. They will know Yahweh. They will know that Yahweh is above every other God. And through Abraham, they go and it carries on and Jesus shows up. And now there's Jews and Gentiles, probably all of us in this room. Everybody else except those that were found to be from Abraham's line. And he goes and he talks to both groups. He says, to you, to the Jews, my heart, man, my heart is for you. God, my, the Father's heart is for you. But if you think you're just going to be in the family because you know the Torah, because you go to temple, because you are part of a lineage, that doesn't make you a part of my family. The only way that you're going to get into the family of God is by saving faith and acknowledging me as Lord, Savior, and King. Nobody else. All hail King Jesus because he's here right now, people. And so he says that to the Jews. That's radical. The Jews did not like that. They killed him over it. But he says, yo, the real family, my father's family, the kingdom family, you will get in by faith in me. Not by how much you know the word. Not how holy you act. Come on, guys. Some of us act the part. But our lives are a train wreck. And in this house, we're saying, yo, take the masks off. Not literally your mask right now. Keep that on, please. <laughs> but the mask, the facades, the holier than thou. I know the word of God. But do you know Jesus? I'm not kidding them, anybody. I've been, I've been checked on this many times. I've had, let me just say it this way. I've compared myself to other people. I'm not as bad as them. And the Lord smacks me, just giving me a right hand, right to the chin. Anybody else been there before? No, just me. Okay, cool. That's how the Lord talks to me. Oh, no, I said this earlier. We all love kind Jesus. Kind Jesus. Shepherd Jesus. You ever seen the picture of Jesus carrying the lamb? You know what I'm talking about, Bria? You know what I'm talking about? The picture, he's carrying the lamb, and he's just smiling. All the other lamb are around him. What we don't realize is that lamb's leg was broken by Jesus. <laughs> oh, yeah, newsflash. <laughs> he broke that lamb's leg, most likely, because he also carries a rod and a staff. And so that lamb was probably going away that would hurt them. And Thank you, brother. We all, listen, I love kind Jesus. In his kindness, it leads people to repentance. But his kindness also changes us and transforms us. So Jesus looks at this group of people that know this stuff back and front, all the way around. He says, just because you're from Abraham doesn't make you my family. And then he looks at the Gentiles. He says, hey, y'all are crazy. You're nuts. But you're looking for wholeness and your philosophy, and your thinking, and your idols, and your gods, and hey, hey, because of me, you're now available to come in and be grafted into my family. And so he looks at these two groups, and he says, no, no, this thing of how you think this thing is, this is how it is, acknowledging me as the only king, as the only one that can save. And so Jesus gives this overarching view of what family actually is, and so that's a big over 30,000 foot view, but Jesus goes deeper 
Because, guys, Jesus' words are hard. The, the, the gate is narrow, right? Scripture says, and then it says, once you get through the gate, the road is actually hard too. How many of you read that opposite, that the road to get to the gate? We've been talking about this. The road to get to the gate is hard. How many of you read it that way all your life? My hand's up. I was like, man, it's hard to get to the gate. It's so hard to get to the gate. He says it's actually hard. It's narrow to get in. And once you get in, it's going to be hard because not hard in the sense of like you're going to have to strive. No, 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 because it's going to go against the rest of the world. And so Jesus goes a little deeper. Is this all right this morning? I'm almost done. He goes a little deeper, and now he comes to, like, reading the mail of, like, some people. And he's in a, in a moment in Mark chapter 3, and he's teaching with a crowd of people around him, and he's sharing the kingdom, and he's telling people this. And his mother and his brothers show up. And someone walks in and says, hey, Jesus, your mother and your brother are, our brothers are out there. And Jesus says, who's my mother and my brothers? Um, I'm pretty sure her name's Mary. I'm pretty sure she birthed you. That's your mom. He goes, no, my brothers and my mother are the ones that do the will of the Father. I read that this week. I said, Lord, what are you saying here? This is hard. You're savage. That's not nice. Like your mom's probably all like, Jesus, I'm your mom. What are you talking about? Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm the one that, what? Could you imagine that? If Titus was like, who's my mother and my brother? I'd smack that kid right upside the head so fast. Jesus says, no, 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 the ones that are actually a part of my family do the will of my father. That's family. Family isn't just coming in and getting a sermon and walking out of here. Family's saying we're gonna practice the way of Jesus together. We're gonna actually live out the words that he preaches and teaches. As hard as it may be, we're gonna do this together. That's what God's family is. God's family is those that do the will of God that follow the commands of God. He shows another realm of living. He shows the supernatural kingdom. Guys, when you come into Jesus, you are no longer found to be in the kingdom of this world. You died and were raised to life and now you are a part of a supernatural kingdom and it is his kingdom. So we do not and we cannot operate the way the world operates because we don't serve an earthly God. And we aren't a part of an earthly kingdom. It says that all will pass away. All this will fade away. All this is but a mist. It's all just here for a moment and gone the next. But the kingdom of God is eternal. And so, hey, you want to be a part of his family? Follow the words of my father. You want to claim to be his family members? Serve Jesus with everything you got. It's not good enough to just have a title of a last name. It's not good enough to just be raised by a family. Listen to me, though. I'm thankful for my parents that raised me in the things of God. I'm thankful that I get to raise Titus in the things of God. But just because we raise Titus in the things of God, Titus is going to have to make a decision. I hope and I pray that his decision will be for Jesus. Just because you have rituals and traditions and all, I'm this denomination or that denomination or this thing, it doesn't matter. The true bride, family of God, is saying, I'm going to follow the will of the Father. I'm not going to just read his words and dismiss them. I'm going to read them, and I'm going to do my best by the power of the Holy Spirit to follow through with them. Worship team, you guys can make your way up. Jesus shows us that the kingdom of heaven and God's family is part of a stronger and more compelling story than the kingdom of this world. Guys, serving Jesus is fun. Being a part of the family of God is fun. 
Come on, if you don't have fun serving Jesus, go home, get in your prayer closet, and ask him to reveal some, some things to you about how fun it is to serve God. It is a blast to follow God. Are there hard days? Oh, yeah. Are there things that are really tough? Absolutely. But every single day that I get to have breath in my lungs and I get to serve God, it's the best. Because it's a reality that's different from the reality. I'm not going to get shook by what's happening in this world because I know my king, the kingdom that I'm a part of is eternal and steadfast and never going to fade away. It's fun. It's fun to see miracles happen on four year highs. It's fun to see people get delivered from demonic strongholds. What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, just pastor, the crazy guy up here, the Pentecostal nutcase. Yeah, yeah. No, all of us. It should be so fun to see the kingdom of God come because it's available to us right now. Pastor, I'm, I don't know if I can come back here. You just talked about demons. Oh, they're real. <laughs> but guess what? Jesus said, I came to set the captives free to bind the brokenhearted, to see people that were bound and, and shook, people with false identities, false understandings, bound by, by things, set free in a moment. Yeah. This is good word. So good thing is Jesus exposes what false families are, but this is the best news. Jesus invites us into the best family, God's family. Because of Jesus, we get to be in God's family. Because acknowledging Jesus as Lord and Savior and King and following the ways of, of his Father, we get to be in real family, real community, not some fake stuff that the world is offering. And it's not us against that, guys, but it's, not, it's saying, no, 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 I actually desire, I long to be with the people of God. I long to be with my brothers and sisters. I hate going days without seeing you, God. I hate going days without being together in fellowship and, and community because I, I know when we get together, things happen. The kingdom comes alive. I see people that they're just taking steps closer and closer to the, to the Father's heart. I, I, I long for these moments. I desire for these moments. That's why this last year, that's why Satan and his schemes, I'm not saying COVID, was, hear me, but like the fact that we were all so isolated for so long, depression has creeped into the church more than ever. Anxiety. The feelings of feeling no one loves me. Barna did a study, 18 to 35-year-olds, 15,000 people. 70% of them felt like nobody even loved them. The other, another 18 to 35 year olds, 15,000 people, 70% uh, felt like nobody even knew who they were. Come on, guys, the church, this is in the church too. That's not the family of God. Because Jesus invites us into a different vision, a different family, a different understanding that Jews and Gentiles get to come together because of the gospel of Jesus. And we get to be set free and dance and be filled with joy. The people of Acts, man, they, they understood this. Acts chapter 2, 42 through 47, I read it earlier. They caught it. Those words, those lines, they're so beautiful, man. They, break, they would break bread together and pray together. They would devote themselves to the teaching together. Man, they would, they would go and they would share all their things that they had in common with one another. They would sell their possessions. Would you sell your house if God told you to for the sake of somebody else? Would you give your car up to a single mother if God told you to? If God told me to? For the sake of seeing the family being taken care of. This is radical. This is original. Would you, would you actually gather around a table and share in communion and pray together and be vulnerable together? This is the family of God. The family of God is not people that hold stuff in. 
Sure, there's seasons and there's moments where you have to just work with God on some stuff. I've been there. And I'll continue to be there at moments. But the family doesn't keep stuff in out of fear of embarrassment or fear of like, I'm not as far along in the journey as somebody else. No, no, no. We gather together and we say, yo, this is what's actually happening in my life. This is real stuff. Come on, the church of God, we're not about fake people. This house, I'm not saying you got to run and tell everybody your problems. Hear me. But you find safety and comfort and the presence of God when you get around that table and you break bread and you open up the, the juice or the wine and you pour it and you take it and you're like, man, I can be honest and vulnerable. The family of God is a place where there's joy. Notice here, as they went to the temple and the table, they were generous, but then they were filled with joy. They were filled with joy. I'm going to move this for a second. I didn't do this in first service. One thing is so powerful is that I don't want our house to be a house where people run to Sundays like, like crawling into this place. Do you know that the life of a believer doesn't have to happen that way? I get long weeks. I get trying times. I get, this is my weekend, Pastor. I should rest. But like, we should be people that when we come to the temple, we're running to get together. We're running to get to worship. We're running to shout for joy. We're running to dance. We're running to sing because all week long, we've been in the presence of God by ourselves and together. And we've been filled up and we've been, we've been able to be carried by his presence together. See, what's happened in the church is it said, just do individual church, individual Christianity. Felipe, where'd you go? Just stand right there. Can you all welcome Brother Felipe? Just stand there. Go. Right there, right there, right there, right there, right there. What the church has done for far too long I said, just be Felipe, just do it by yourself. Carry the weight, carry the problems, carry the insecurity, carry the doubt, carry the fear, carry it all by yourselves. And what scripture talks about, we've talked about it a couple weeks ago, that the winds come and the storms comes and the waves come. And when you're by yourself, you get pushed pretty easily, right? When the trials come because you've been doing this by yourself, you get tossed pretty easily. Felipe is a strong guy. We've worked out together. He's a strong dude, but I can still throw him because the winds, and I'm not a wind, I'm not waves, I'm not a storm. But the world has said, no, no, no. You can still be a part of the family, but don't share what's happening. Don't share what's going on. Don't take correction. Don't take counsel. Don't do any of it. And this is what's, you're going to get tossed. Link arms with him, please. Arm to arm. This is a representation of the body. This Different people, different men coming together, different backgrounds, different colors, different places of growing up, all coming together, linking arms and saying, yo, Felipe, I'm not going to be accountable for your choices, but I am going to stand accountable for the way I held you up. Catch that church. I can't be accountable for any of your choices. I will stand before God of how I shepherd and pastor this house. Oh, man, pray for me, please. We will be held accountable for the way that we lifted our brothers and sisters up. So when Felipe's in a time of mourning and the storms come or trials come, he's not going to get tossed. He's not going to get thrown because there are men and women next to him that have linked arms and have said, we're standing together, church. Thank you, guys. Thank you. This is the body. Guys, got to catch this. This was the intention of God from the beginning. 
that man, we're not praising any other God except the risen King, the Savior of the world, that one that called us by name, the one that grafted us and formed us and shaped us together. No mother's moves and he's doing it. How good is our God? Man, guys, I want to, I just want to call off a spirit of individualistic Christianity and complacency and nonsense. Church hurt. There's a lot of church hurt in this, in this service right now. Here, here, as a pastor, people have probably failed you. Houses, places of church have probably let you down. And I'm sorry, but that victim mentality can't stay. It can't stay. If I would have kept that, I would have been a a 13-year-old little boy still, hurt by what the church did to my family. No. No, 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 no. The family of God is going to link arms together and say, no, 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 no. We're going to see healing. We're going to see restoration. We're going to pick each other up. We're going to link arms and make sure that we don't get tossed by the winds and the waves. We're going to stand true because that is the family of God. So would you do me a favor? Would you stand to your feet? I want to pray, and then we're just going to sing for a moment as we leave this place. Just close your eyes, bow your head, do whatever you feel comfortable. You don't even have to close your eyes. I don't even know where that's at in Scripture. Just whatever posture you feel comfortable. Say, Father, I'm I'm coming in. I'm all the way in. I acknowledge you as Lord and Savior and King. I'm, I'm here and I'm attaching myself to your kingdom. I'm detaching myself from the the man-made structures, the man-made systems, and I'm coming straight into your family. I'm coming straight into your your house, and I'm finding myself seated at your table. You are the holy one, the all-sufficient king. You are the one that has designed me and created me and saved me, and now I find myself a part of the family of God. Oh, Father, I release off the spirit of complacency and, and, and isolation off of people in this room right now. Holy Spirit, rip it off of them. Shake it off of them. The hurt of, of past trauma and, and things that have happened in the church. God, I pray that you would just take it off of them by your kindness and your mercy right now. Heal and mend. Open wounds right now, God, that have been open for far too long. Close them. Cauterize them. Seal them shut. Would we be the family that shows this city what it means to be people of God? People that seek after you, desire you, run after you. And Father, we're going to be people that say, we hail you, all King Jesus. We hail you, Father. There is no one like you. There is no one like you. So come on, church. Come on, can we sing? Come on. Come on. Come on.